This episode of the Mad About Movies podcast is brought to you by the movie Jiu-Jitsu. Nicolas Cage, martial arts stars Tony Jaw and Elaine Moosey team up for an action-packed, explosive thriller, Jiu-Jitsu. An ancient order of expert Jiu-Jitsu fighters face their ultimate match in a deadly battle for Earth. If you want to see Nicolas Cage and Tony Jaw fight some aliens, check out Jiu-Jitsu. It also stars Frank Grillo and Juju Chan. Buy or rent Jiu-Jitsu now or watch it tonight. Jiu-Jitsu is rated R from Paramount Pictures. We're giving away some digital download codes for Jiu-Jitsu to our VIPs. So if you're a VIP, head on over to Patreon. Leave a comment on our Jiu-Jitsu giveaway post for a chance to win. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. All right, we're entering the mock Oscar season here, or whatever the 2020 Oscar season is gonna look like. Sonic with season, baby. A little <laughs> Ron Howard movie, and guy that we talked about every year. You know, we've done this podcast for I don't know, eight years, something like that, nine years, something like that. And every year we get to this time, and you know, we talk about the contenders, and we talk about the pretenders. Uh, the band, The Pretenders. We love The Pretenders. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're great. That's how the show started. People don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. It was just mad about mm-hmm. The Pretenders, and then we got mm-hmm. to talking about movies. And it the Angel of the Morning thing. podcast, if I remember um, correctly. But there's often movies Good around point. this time of year that are what we like to call in the industry Oscar bait. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, there's always... By the those. industry, you, there's of course, always. being the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the business, right. I mean the industry. Mm-hmm. Just um, like to make that clear for everybody. <laughs> The thing about that is, is every year it never fails. You know, there's one of these that you see a trailer for, you see a cast, you see a director lined up um, based on the novel by blank or whatever. And everyone gets real excited and like, wow, I've been waiting for this or that look could be really good. Or I love, love that cast, love that, uh, love that director. And every year there's one, there's one that seems to, seems to polarize people. And so that movie this year seems to be Hillbilly Elegy? Elegy? What? I don't know how to say that word. I'm just going to go with <clears throat> Elegy because uh, sure. we're from the South. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say so, Elegy just to be so yeah, we cover can all say, bases. Go for it. I'm gonna well, say, that way we hit both both markets. There you go. I'm going to say yeah. Ex Machina. Mm, perfect. <laughs> Hillbilly Ex Machina. Would, <laughs> Ex Machina would, be, uh, would have been really good, actually. Like Hillbilly that. The Machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the... Um, Thing about this one though, yeah, hit hit, hit Netflix because of the the COVID mm-hmm. times that we're living in, and so um, this one is widely available to all who wish to watch it. As soon as I opened the Netflix app, there it was, big old hillbilly going close right in my face <laughs> uh, with the the picture, and um, so yeah, we will dive into all things that that movie had to offer, our review thoughts, and all of that stuff a little bit later. <coughs> but first, guys. We didn't do our pilots episode this year. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago, last week. Mm-hmm. We skipped right over that one on purpose, but not really. And, uh, and that but, is when we, we rank different airline pilots that we've flown mm-hmm, on yeah, right. this year, just to mm-hmm. clarify. Just because we didn't do our TV pilots podcast didn't mean there weren't, weren't shows. and Doesn't mean TV is not happening. So we're not going to do weekly recommend at the end of this episode, so... Figured off the top here, maybe we just check in on uh, current 
what you guys been watching on TV lately? You've been watching a new show. You into anything specific right now on the TV side of things, Brian? Um, I'm not. I don't know that I'm watching anything networky. I, I've watched two or three episodes of Fargo. You know, my mm-hmm. wife and I. If if it's a show that we're watching together, it's like one or two nights a week that we have time to to watch an episode or or more. So we were watching Fargo, and then we put that on pause to watch The Vow, uh, which you mm-hmm. just finished, and that was crazy. That was v- very good. I think we'll watch probably Seduced at some point here in the next few days. I've been uh, in the background viewing. I've been re-binging um, Last Man on Earth a lot, mm. which I yeah, love. I was talking and, about that with my wife the other day. That that was one we need to need to go back and, yeah, and watch. Yeah. yeah, the Great Will Forte, and uh, is very somehow is. <laughs> become quite prescient with the um pandemic and stuff that is uh front and center on that show for for stretches uh yeah i love that obviously we love we love our buddy forte and uh and this show's great i don't think i ever saw the last season of it so um i think i'm i just started season three so when i get to that that last season it'll be it will be new on me but man i don't know that i'm watching anything new on tv right now although um i heard the flight attendant is really like fun i don't know if it's good is the right word but is is really fun on is that with kaylee kuoko uh-huh yeah yeah and so i think that may be after after we get done with fargo i think that may be the next one um for my wife and i but i still haven't had chance to catch up on uh lovecraft country or What's the uh, what's the Star Trek cartoon uh, below decks? Is that what it's called? Lower decks. Lower decks. There we go. Yeah, decks yeah, yeah. I watched show. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one was random when when that that one showed up. I was like, oh, they're doing a Star Trek animated series. Like mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. And then it just randomly came out. Like there was no mm-hmm. lead up to it or anything. It's kind of like an Adult Swim version of Star Trek cartoon. You know, it's a little more. I don't know. Toes the line of of. Uh, adult humor a little bit more mm-hmm. so it's not like a coop show really uh sure yeah, yeah brian yeah. but i think he would he would dig <laughs> it i mean if sure. it's it's all just gags about star trek you know and mm-hmm. yeah um, it's is fun i mean i don't think they'll do another season but it's a fun little one-off sure yeah i gotta check that out and other than that it's just we obviously um watching the bachelorette very serious about the bachelorette mm-hmm. this year ah. and locked in on that um didn't someone like leave then she picked the person oh yeah then, oh, oh yeah. okay yeah, nice. me and Tobin and Ellen did a did a, uh, a a bonus episode on the VIP. If that's your thing, if you're interested in this foolishness, um, we did a we did a Bachelorette bonus episode. I think we'll do another one at the end of the season. But yeah, it's it's the most explosive season of the Bachelorette ever, Richard. So you know, oh, you know wow. it's good. You know it's good. It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. That's amazing. Well, that's that's some some good stuff, man. It, it's crazy every year how. We get further and further away from the the big four networks, and it's mm-hmm. just like if I'm even watching something, it's most likely going to be on Hulu or something. You know, yeah. if, if I get time, it's just priorities change, man. We used to revolve lives used to revolve around being around the TV from seven to ten every night. Now it's like, yeah, whenever I get time, I'll watch something. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. a lot of different. We live life differently these days than we did back in the good old days, as they yeah. say, Richard. Um, <laughs> You watching any TV shows? Maybe um, re-binging something old? Yeah, we're always kind of doing a sitcom. We're doing like our third Frasier rewatch. Did that. Did a Seinfeld rewatch. 
my wife is she has seen a lot of curb but doesn't hasn't fully done it so she's like mm. pat she's doing a full binge to kind of patch up all the holes um we just finished the undoing tonight um which was great i you know i'm retired from television but Hugh Grant brings me out of retirement as we know um so that's that was really good and fun um well fun's kind of a weird word but for a murder show but murdery um, let's see. I'm do- I've done a couple documentaries. Those two new that Belushi documentary we were talking about earlier, Kent on Showtime, was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the DB Cooper, the Jim Belushi doc, yeah, yeah, that was sick. Great. Yeah, the Courtney the the Courtney Thorne Smith. I mean, she had stuff to say about according to the Jim, and that's what I liked. Um, and then I started the DB Cooper one, but I haven't finished it yet. But it's pretty cool. Ah, Brian, have you watched that, that yet? I haven't yet because I had to watch movies for this stupid podcast. How did you make uh, it through the weekend without without watching I that? Know, I know I was locked. I watched these it things. like within five minutes of it being available. Yeah, yeah. It, if it had dropped on a like you know, Coop was out of school all week too, so there was less time where he was not around. I didn't feel. I, I don't know how. You know, you got to be careful what what you're watching when the when the child when you're trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, I intend I may watch that tonight or or tomorrow. I can't wait. I freaking That's love a good one. TV Hooper. Yeah. I yeah, did, that, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, that one might be worthy of a conversation on oh, its see. own like maybe VIP. Yeah. Uh, VIP feed conversation cuz that one was super interesting. My only yeah. complaint about it, it was really well done. I don't want to spoil anything. My only complaint is that it wasn't 95 hours long. It was like an hour <laughs> yeah. and 20 minutes. Yeah, Dude, every <laughs> single time there's like even one piece of D.B. Cooper information or a new theory or whatever, it, yeah. it's a literal, it's two days of my life. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then I started. <laughs> Dude, like there was a to, lot I mean, in this oh. I had no clue about. I'm sure you did. You've probably dug a lot more into it than I have. <laughs> but yeah, it made me want to stop down for like three days and just and just try to figure it out for myself on who I thought, who, what I think is the most likely case or scenario there. But mm-hmm. yeah, mystery of DB Cooper's Sweet. available now on HBO. Can't wait. HBO max. Tonight. And, and um, I'm going to knock that out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a really good one. Richard. I'm, I'm I started Back the, uh, yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm like 30 minutes in. I, I break those up and exercise to them. So that's why I haven't finished it. I haven't sure. like, I'm not a psycho that just stopped. I just, my not a psycho was, that exercises for more than twenty minutes straight. Like, well, um, I finished, I finished the Belushi one, and then I started that one, and then it was my mm. bit was over, so I, I didn't, I was, I needed to go throw up, so I didn't want to do more <laughs> of that because I've been on vacation for like two out of the last four weeks, and so I, I've gained a hundred pounds, so I got to get rid of that, um, and so done that, and then I've started again every time I like it. You guys just know how I am with TV, but every time a new season of The Crown starts, mm. I watch two more episodes of season one. So I'm like eight in now on season one, and I like it. So check back in with me somewhere around 2029, and I might be up current right now with The Crown. But uh, yeah, so I'm kind of doing that slowly. Um, and then we just did, oh, forgot this one, which was the big watch in our house. Now, when I say we watch this, I mean my wife. I had already seen most of it. Because my my dear friend Eric Molenhoff and I used to, this used to be our routine. We would watch this and then go play volleyball every Monday night or whatever. But we would. Uh, my wife had somehow never seen Gossip Girl, so we did a full Gossip Girl binge. And so I would kind of I was kind of in and out, kind of reading and stuff. But I got to relive, you know, Chuck and Blair, Serena and Dan, the whole crew. Um, one of the great great dramas of our time. I would put it up there with Breaking Bad. I think I don't know about you guys, but Gossip Girl. <laughs> Is great. 
Richard, did, I, uh, did you watch? Did you watch the Undoing? The, that's the like, that was the first thing I said. Yeah. We just oh, I'm sorry. The I missed that. No. Well, I mean, thanks for listening. I'm glad I'm here. Um, uh, no. Uh, yeah, we finished it tonight. We just finished okay. it. Uh, yeah. Who, like I said, Hugh Grant's the only thing that can bring me out of full TV retirement gotcha. for a prestige drama. And yeah, we knocked that out. I haven't uh, watched any of it, but but uh, my Twitter feed was, yeah. was big mad last night about the finale. So yeah, he's he's great in it. So And she's, you know, the, the kid, she's... Uh, really good as well. Her part's just not very showy. He has the showy part. So gotcha. um, it's if you're a Hugh stan, like we stan Hugh on this show, I demand <laughs> it. Um, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. And I really like, um, you know, it's the same director as Night Manager, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and same kid. A little uh, side recommend there. That I, I, can't, I yeah. can't remember if you said that on the air a few can't weeks ago, Richard, but. Night Manager was awesome. I don't know why. Well, I know why I skipped it when it came on because uh, the the trailer for it made it look like like a really yeah. even more boring vo- version of the talented Mr. Ripley or something. Yeah. But man, I I binge that. Uh, I don't know three or four weeks ago immediately. Like it took me. I mean, it's a, it's six episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, that was I was like rescheduling things so I could continue watching. It was really really good. Yeah, I mean, definitely worth looking at. Hiddleston's fabulous in that you yeah. Laurie's great in that and um yeah that's a great a great show that uh hopefully they obviously they can't do more night manager i wouldn't mind more of lacare you know they're never gonna make because the way movies are now sadly i mean they're, you could do the rest of the carla trailer tr- pardon me carla trilogy so it starts with ticker terror soldier spy mm-hmm. and it's the honorable schoolboy and then it's smiley's people mm-hmm. and they'll never make those now probably because the Movie industry has changed so much since 2011 when Tinker Taylor came out, even though it was successful. I wouldn't mind same cast, but, you know, Honorable Schoolboy and Smiley's People as limited series. If, mm-hmm. if that gets those made, I'm, I'm here for any Lacare mm-hmm. on, like, short miniseries. It's kind of perfect. But, Kent, what are you watching? Yeah, man, I got a couple things um, that I've been, been trying to work through, had on the background while working, things like that. The first of which is I, this happens to me once a year, at least every, every other year I go on like a weird YouTube wormhole of old, old late night comedy that I used to watch growing up and trying to find bits that I remember for watching, you know, Tom Snyder show tomorrow show. Yeah. So from the Pat Sajak and Chevy mm-hmm. Chase shows. Yep. The um, magic hour. <laughs> the Arsenio reboot. Only that, only the reboot though. Um, yeah. This time it's been a Letterman, and so I've been, I've been uh, the past few days, week I've been having fun on YouTube finding old Letterman clips and Letterman interviews, and some of the bits he did with Richard Simmons are all timers, man, just <laughs> hilarious. Um, I I went back and watched some of the old Rupert G's Hello Deli segments mm-hmm. that are amazing. Um, for for example, when Dave convinces him to get a Slurpee machine, and <laughs> And then they get a cease and desist from Seven Eleven for calling it Slurpees, so he makes Rupert change it to frozen fruit whoopies or something like that. And then they had that segment where they would have a psychic guess what kind of sandwich he's making, and she was like O for fifty seven or something. She like never once even got close to it. It was so good. Um, so yeah, man, just really enjoying some some good old fashioned late show with David Letterman clips. Um, so I've been I've been enjoying that um, in terms of the. The movies TV I've been watching. I started watching this series um, because I saw Conan O'Brien interview John C. Riley for like thirty minutes 
on his show. They put the unedited thing on YouTube, and mm-hmm. it was really interesting and fun. And they were like in person together, which I haven't seen in like a long time. So um, I love John C. Riley, and he, and he's promoting the show Moonbase Eight that he's doing mm-hmm. with um, Tim Heidecker and Fred Armisen. So I checked that out. Hilarious, hilarious show about three idiots basically who are who want to be astronauts and so they're in the nasa training program and part of the training is they have to go like to a remote location and stay there for like months to prove that they can be isolated and fend on for themselves and all that kind of stuff so that's what it is it's those three guys in the middle of the desert (laughs) trying to be astronauts and it's incredible and it really fits well with the pandemic Uh, there's an episode called quarantine where one of them gets sick and has to quarantine. Um, it's very kind of understated humor, you know. It's A twenty four produced it, so it's not like really in your face. It's not like Tim and Eric. It's not like Portlandia. It's not. It's not really like anything they've done before. It's it's really kind of dry humor, but it's it's very funny. It's kind of like Last Man on Earth uh, in a way. Honestly, the tone mm. of it reminds me of that. So those three guys are great, and it also features an incredible cameo by current Pro Bowler. And current Super Bowl champion Travis Kelsey. So that's all I'll say. You need to go watch it, and just uh, just know Travis Kelsey has an incredible cameo in this. (laughs) Randomly, and it's like what Travis Kelsey? It'll make you pee yourself. I would. It 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 is good. It's it's great. So Moonbase Eight is amazing. Um, This other show I've been watching it just wrapped up six seasons. First season, I mean six episodes. First season. Uh, called How To with John Wilson. This show is mm. on HBO Max, and this might be the craziest, most insane show I've ever seen. Um, it, at least it has the most insane thing I've ever seen on television in it um, in 33 years. The most insane thing I've ever seen on TV is in like episode four or five of this. Um, but basically this show is, is uh, produced by Nathan Fielder, and it's this guy, John Wilson, who lives in New York, and he just goes around filming stuff with his video camera, narrating it. It's kind of capturing everyday life of New York, and then he assembles the footage into, like, cohesive themes, you know? Kind of narrates under it. Super creative. So funny. If you're into observational humor at all, or, you know, Nathan For You, or anything, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen has ever done, it's along those lines. Um I hope they do another season of it because it was so unique, so different, so easy to make, and such a unique um, perspective for, of comedy that you don't often get, like somebody trying to do something different, you know, um, bring something different to the table. Um, hilarious show, only six episodes. I hope they do more. But again, guys, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the most shocking thing I've ever seen on TV is in this is in this, um, in this this series. So once you watch the six episodes, please... Please text the group text on uh, when you experience yeah. it. Like, I almost had to leave the room. Like, I couldn't even – it was that shocking. So yeah. uh, excited for you guys to check it out. <laughs> it's so good. Um, the last thing I've been um, binging, rewatching. I just started to rewatch Smallville. Oh, nice. Because you want to get into Nexium. You're still try- you're trying to figure out the next wave of Nexium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what made me do it, but I, I remembered it. Well, because they're rebooting Superman next year. It's called mm. Superman and Lois, I think, or something like that. Um, and so this is going to come back. But I was just thinking about Smallville and how I used to watch it in it off and on. There's like 11 seasons of it randomly. Um, so I've been going back and rewatching that. And 
it's just such a shame that they haven't done Superman right after all these years. And it just makes me think what what the perfect Superman should and could mm-hmm. look like, you know. And that's just what I've been thinking about as I've been rewatching I think that's it. The it's closest like, version of it to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean the I'm long not a form Superman version. Guy, so maybe I'm way off. But well, Lois I, and Clark. Yeah, obviously. I mean, when I think of Superman, I think of Dean Cain. Always have. Um, but yeah, I think Smallville did some some really interesting things with that. I didn't. I probably watched six ish seasons of that, like kind of off and on. I, I certainly haven't sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah. from from start to finish. But but I enjoyed it when it did. When it did, I, I went. I saw that band in concert several times when they were popular. The theme song band, Remy Zero. That was <clears> one of my. They were like perpetually at festivals and stuff that I was that I was going to for other other shows and saw them several times. They were they were really Oh, I just got I just now got your Allison Mack reference, Brian. No. Oh, yeah. 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 Can't yeah, uh, and she's in it too. So if you're watching the <laughs> Nexium right, yeah. cult, uh, mm-hmm, right. all that that media going around right now. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. fun to see Allison Mack. Uh, yeah, that and Battlestar Galactica are the official shows of Nexium. Oh so. man, there's like seven people from Battlestar like Galactica and Nexium. Weird. Uh, so yeah, man, that's that's what we've been watching. We've been trying to stay relevant, trying to stay caught up in TV, but it is sports season. It is NFL. It's college football. That is certainly a distraction. And then the NBA is cranking up here in about three weeks, guys. So thank God, oh, getting getting back to it already. Shortest we, we don't need season breaks. ever, but I still miss it. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> All right, hillbilly elegy, elegy, guys. This is one I'm that say I. There you go. That, that's probably it. This is one of the ones that I'd circled around movie draft time. as mm. like, oh, that's count that one in for every award, you know, <laughs> just looking at it from the outside. Um, but after watching this, this is the, uh, is it safe to say this is the um, Goldfinch of 2020? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of when I was watching. I was like, this is, well, the first thing I thought of was this feels like a faith-based movie. Oh, exactly um, what I thought. I Like, movie. this feels like, yeah. Um, yeah, like somebody here is going to give up their faith and has to be redeemed mm-hmm. somehow. Like, it really had <laughs> yeah. that, that generic, like, football with, team. with God's One the, A three, movie you'd watch yeah. in church. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But with the F-bomb. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, what church did you go to? That's what differentiates it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to go to it did, church. But it so. feels very Goldfinchy in its uh, squandered ambition. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. And what's curious to me is why Ron Howard was attracted to this at all. I mean, maybe working with Amy Adams or Glenn Close was did it, but like... This script is so bad. So bad. Like, how did he read this? And he's like, yeah, man, I, I really see that as a movie that, that works. Well, it's My the lady that wrote the fish sex be... movie. So, has to be great. <laughs> Vanessa Taylor hasn't done anything. And I and granted, yeah, she did write The Shape of Water. But, like, you had a one of the greatest of all time directors at the helm there. Like, you can't, I mean, not to say Ron Howard sucks, but, like, mm. you can't watch a movie like that that's so much into the aesthetics of of the production design and like I don't know base a career off that and she hasn't done anything literally you know I mean she did a couple Game of Thrones episodes but the track record has not been not been super strong other than that that one off 
Um, Man, she wrote and this, bad this script is too. legitimately, legitimately bad. Like, um, yeah. it was rough. And that's, so that's, I mean, at the outset, say you're Ron Howard, this gets sent to you. What did you read here that made you think, man, that there's something there? I would imagine, and I have no, I have no knowledge of this. I didn't look up the the timing of production and whatnot, but I would imagine that he signed on to do this based on the book and maybe even before the script was written. That'd be my guess, um, because you, if you read that book, which I did in 2016, or maybe I read it in 2017. Um, I mean. There are some, I mean, you can see how Ron Howard would be attracted to make a movie out of that. Like, there yeah. are some, some Howardy themes in that book that you would say, oh, I bet he, he, he can make this movie, uh, or he'd be interested in making that movie. I, I've got to guess that, that he had not seen a script before he, uh, before he took the project on. That, that, I mean, again, just a guess, but that's, that's how I would, I would, I think it, it probably came together. Yeah, that's possible. But I mean, a movie like this is so dependent on the screenplay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you know, the cinematography is going to speak for itself. I mean, you can cast cast great people, but none of it works if the script is is lackluster. Mm-hmm. And I certainly felt felt that it was here. And I mean, it's not it's not poorly made. I won't say that. But I mean, I can just imagine Ron Howard sitting in this edit bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, within three days after finishing this movie, putting together the first couple scenes and be like, there's no way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. nothing works even like in, I don't know, independent of the other scenes. Like no one scene works as its own condensed thing. Like there's no one, like these small moments that you can kind of, you know, cut out of some of these movies and say, yeah, well that was a great fun sequence or, oh man, but that, that moment from between those two characters was great. Like there's none of that in this. Mm-hmm. There's some overacting. If you want to, <laughs> if you're looking for Oscar reel type stuff, you know, for Amy Adams and you need some crying scenes or you need some character acting or method acting from Glenn close. This might be your, your, your thing, but like mm-hmm. I didn't find anything interesting about this movie at all. Like I'm just so glad I got to watch it at home because yeah. I would have been asleep in 10 minutes in a theater. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. Like this it snor- was so boring to me. And, and I think mm-hmm. I would, I would have been like dead asleep. Um, and, and you know, what really struck me is, is yeah, Amy Adams is, is fantastic as an actress. We love her. We love Glenn Close. Um, and so what they bring is obviously intriguing to us, but like that main character of uh, JD or whatever his name is, yeah. that needs to be somebody famous and mm-hmm. like very charismatic that can carry a movie yeah. and this dude whoever they got mm-hmm. wasn't it yeah yeah gabriel Maybe, basso like if you had like if that was john krasinski or somebody you know you like have a chance yeah yeah that movie that it might work because at least that that one protagonist that you're following around brings something to the table mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not just like all right please get me back to mall mall you know, <laughs> yeah, that's my general thoughts, but I'll pass it off to y'all. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Go, Brad. Uh, I read this book um, a few years yeah, ago. What'd I, you think of the book? I think that I was I trying to think. It was underwhelming. It was so hyped. Yeah. Yeah. It was so I, hyped. I, I didn't really 
you know, I, I appreciated the like kind of um, it was the it was the thing to me. It was like what we talk about with comedians. Like, okay, I get what you're trying to do from your messaging here, but mm-hmm. I don't think this is you're not really proving any thesis or or sure. can, you know change anything to me. It was very anecdotally based. Yes, and 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 that's like that's fine. Uh, it's that's great as a memoir. Obviously, I. I'm not sure that the I'm trying to say think of how to say that like as apolitically as possible. I, I'm not sure that the conclusions drawn were inaccurate. I just think that the they were poorly argued. Maybe would, is the way to to say that. I guess I I don't know. I I, I thought um, I thought that, that that was a book that both benefited and was hurt by the time period in which that it was released. Cause it's, you know, I think it came out like four months before the 2016 election. And I think that it became a bestseller based on the results of the election in 2016. And then it also took way more flack from, um, non-conservative review sites because of its yeah, connection sure. to the election, if that makes sense. I'm try- again, I'm trying to say that as apolitically as possible. It's, I, I think, well, it's I think a political it, it, book in a way. I mean, not so much in terms sure. of electoral politics, but in terms of, you know, uh, kind of demographic politics. Mm-hmm. In a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought there was some value that could be taken from it and, and, but also it was released into at least from again from the from the review standpoint it was released into a um <laughs> a pool of people who were not super interested at that point i think in in reasoning at i don't know it's just a, it, it was a weird it was a weird time I, I think about the example of like there's a there's a spot in the book where he talks about how um State legislatures. I, I believe I'm summarizing this, so I may be completely off base on like the the like details. But the gist of it was, the state legislature in Kentucky uh, realized how terrible uh, payday loans are and how predatory those are, and mm-hmm. so oh, which they are. They're terrible. They're awful. There's a place um, that does that by my house, and it bums me out. Every yeah, time it's I'm it's coming a, home. It's a twenty four seven, business. by the way. So yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's a terrible business. And it, I mean, it just, you talk about circle of poverty and cycle of poverty. I mean, it just locks people in. It's awful. Um, so they, the state legislature, I think it was Kentucky closed all these places down. Well, they had no, (laughs) they didn't think about the, the byproduct of that is it stinks, but there are a lot of people that depend on those loans to make it, um, to make rent and to, to pay bills and stuff. And then all, you know, almost overnight, they don't have access to the funds that they are depending on um, to get them through. And then, you know, of course the state did not plan for that and does not come in and say, okay, we're closing, you know, we're shutting these things down because they're terrible for you and they're locking you into a, cir- a circle of poverty. Um, and now to make up for that, here's how we're going to make sure that you are not going to be evicted as a result of not being able to get this payday loan. Of course they didn't do that. And so then it, you know, becomes this, this whole cycle thing. Like I thought that that was a, a very good point and something that, that, um, elites, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but like, if you're not in that world, you may not consider like, Oh, right. So yes, this is terrible, but also it is helpful because of the stupid system that we have set up for people. There's a lot of things like that in the book that I think made sense. Um, and there were good, you know, there's good messaging, good reasoning in there. It's just, it was not extrapolated out very well. And it, it came across as very, self-serving and 
hey, look at, I don't think it, this was the intention, but it did come across as like more like a memoir of like, hey, look, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and got myself to, to Yale and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also, so from, I did this, so here's what we need to do from there. And it's like, hold on, I don't, I don't think there was a lot of great connective tissue to make those deductive reasonings, if that, no. if that makes sense. No, this isn't like unbroken. Where it's yeah. like, oh my God, what this guy, what this guy went through is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like yeah. this guy, yeah, this guy overcame his the odds of coming from poverty to go to Yale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but that's not that interesting. Like what actually? Like that sounds interesting, right? right? But yeah. what actually happened isn't that interesting, or at yeah. least this interpretation Which, of it is totally. Well, when I heard they were making a, a movie out of this, I was like, that's this is not. It's not really movie material to me. Like, yeah. That just it doesn't. I don't really see how that's gonna. And then you're like, okay, Ron Howard's doing it, and you kind of start to piece together in your brain how this is going to turn into an Oscar bait type movie. And you can't, you know, you see, okay, Amy Adams and Glenn Close and all this. You're like, okay. I mean, I was not super excited about this movie given how I felt about the book and how, again, I just didn't feel like it was, it was super cinematic. Um, and that, that proved to be, to be accurate. I, I think this movie could be fine with a better script. Like we mentioned, terrible script. One of, one of the worst scripts of the year, which I mean, what does that even mean in 2020? But even if this was a 2019 script, you know, it's it's bad. It's a really bad bad script. Um, and then you, you may, I mean, the kid that plays older JD. I say a kid. I don't know how old he actually is, but Gabriel Basso. I thought he was okay. Um, but he's but you're right, Kent. Like he's not he's not carrying the movie. And this was a movie, especially once you get the script in and it sucks. You really do need somebody to do the heavy lifting. I just don't think he's capable of that. Um, the other JD, uh, Owen Astolos, is one. like Jake Lloyd level. And I hate dunking mm-hmm. on kid actors when we do these shows. I, I do. Really, that's like, why I, I do this show. <laughs> like, I really don't feel good about it, but one of the worst performances I've like ever, ever seen. I mean, and it was, it, it was everything I could do to keep the TV turned on when he was on screen. He was so bad. He's so bad. Um, and, you know, but some of that goes to the director. If you got, if you cast a kid, you have to be able to to try to get a passable performance out of them, and you know Ron Howard's worked with kids in the past, and he's done a really good job. I I don't know what happened there. Uh, real fast before I'm sorry, I've dominated the conversation. I want to pass to you and get your thoughts. But uh, I love Amy Adams so much; might be one of my five favorite actresses. I love her. She was awful. She was awful in this. I mean, it was she goes so it was so painful. so hard through it where it just comes off Oscar as desperate or cringy. Yeah, she's uh-huh. tired like of it, it being it, the bridesmaid. It, six yeah, times. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was rough. Um, she was really rough. I thought Glenn Close was actually pretty good. She was Great. the the uh, yeah. She is. She's so good. And and she was the one that I mean. Yes, you can. Yes, it's very showy. It's very Oscary. But she at least it felt grounded mm-hmm. in reality. Yeah, it felt which, a lot understated than I expected. Yeah, exactly. Especially, Especially when you see like, the clips yeah. and the makeup and stuff. You're like, oh no, what are we doing here? But but yeah, she was she was really good. Um, in in the scenes that involve her, they're just she's only in you know, 20, 25% of the movie. And so, and she shared the screen a lot with this kid. It was just awful. So it was, uh, it was tough, man. This is, uh, this is, this is not a, not a, not a good movie. Not a good movie. But I don't know. What about you, Richard? Yeah, it's really bad. I, I, it's a, it's a weird angle to take cause the book is a little more encompassing than, than this. I use, you guys know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a Glenn Close over, uh, <laughs> Meryl Streep hot takeist. I think she's great. I think she's one of the greats of all time. 
to me. So, so you know, for me to hate this movie takes a lot. I love Glenn Close, but <laughs> um, I, I'm Amy Adams is. I'm trying to think of an actor or actress that that you guys have like this. Someone I respect enormously, but I'm never that excited about going into. Mm-hmm. I always. I'm always pleased by her performance. She doesn't annoy me or anything like that. For some reason, I'm not like, oh, Amy Adams is in this. I'm hyped. You know, for, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never excited to see her, and then she's always good. So, um, and this the opposite. She was not good in this, and that part is poorly written. And 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 just we we talked about a, year, a couple years ago, I think, on what we look for in films. Right? And Ken had a lot of technical and and. Um, yeah. musical things. Brian talked a lot about story, and I talked that I always look for dialogue, whether that's the way it's delivered by actors or the way that's written. I mean, there's no way to save a lot of this dialogue. It is so pandering and so almost mm-hmm. <laughs> like simple Jack level of a parody of of Appalachian mm-hmm. people. That live it, in Appalachian. It's like there's a there's a conversation between the main character JD and I think his sister. And she's like. Mama won't stop seeing that man, Ray. He's so mean. He's a total drug addict. Like, it's just, it's full of just expositional stereotypes, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of people talking about how bad things are as, as in their lives, uh, as, as Hillbilly. You know, it, and I talked about this. I don't know if it was a throwback. When did we last talk backwoods? Was it Devil All the Time? Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it was. I'm not a big backwoods guy. Like I, Richard is anti woods. I'm anti backwoods. Like I don't, I don't like these stories n- normally. Movies about like these, these backwoods parts of America don't really intrigue me s- s- a lot. But they can be done well. We've seen them in the past. Uh, you know, a couple of movies that come to mind that really capitalize, not capitalize, but capture the essence of what it's like to be, you know, in poverty in America and to try to overcome that, uh, you know, a movie like the Florida project comes to mind, a movie like beasts of the Southern wild comes to mind, Mm -hmm. a movie like Dallas buyers club comes to mind where just overcoming the means that you were given can be very powerful. Um, but I mean the, the extent of that in this movie is, yeah, you do have a mom that's, that's addicted to drugs and that's that's tough, but the way they play it in this, it's not sensitive at all. Amy Adams is literally like running down the street, screaming her head off, like it's not understated mm. at all. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's so in your face. Um, but the essence of it is like this guy wants to go to Yale, and he 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 can't get Wi Fi at a gas station. Oh God! <laughs> ah. Like that's this, this guy's there. daily struggle. Like that's <laughs> that's the the drama that they're quote unquote bringing us to here, bringing us here. You know, um, mm-hmm. it didn't didn't wasn't cinematic. It didn't really work for me at all. It is a movie, you know, and that's what I said. You know, Ron Howard had to know that within five minutes. Like this wasn't going to work. There's nothing intriguing about it. Yeah, these scenes they don't flow. They're not interesting on their own. In fact, they're they're boring on their own. Mm-hmm. Something no, this wouldn't work as like a pilot of a TV show, let alone a movie. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's yeah. weird. Absolutely no. It's it's yeah. I, I know Ron Howard has these great roots in in Oklahoma, which is certainly not Appalachia, but is a you know uh, certainly a 
quote unquote flyover country, right? Of of the the type of America that that Hollywood and is always trying to make, perhaps understand more. Um, and I think he, you know, had brought a lot of heart to this. He is just one of those filmmakers, man. That's just like he he has some real highs and some real lows. He he's never consistent. I mm-hmm. has he ever made back to back good films? Maybe in the nineties at some point, but it's like he does Apollo. 13 and then he does ed tv mm-hmm. and then he does yeah. rush and then he does you know uh what was the one in the ocean the heart of the sea heart of the yeah. sea you know um so, inferno yeah exactly <laughs> then he yeah he does frost nixon and then he does da vinci code or seven mm-hmm. and so um there's no rhyme or reason sometimes to what he he does he's not a reliable director in that way but he has made a lot of good films and at the end of the day, he will have made seven really good movies. So he's a, mm-hmm. kind of a great right. director in a lot of ways, but he will also have made eleven terrible movies. So it's 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 hard. He's hard. He's not one you you, you never know. Um, mm-hmm. This just also yeah. This seemed like hey let's you know really try to understand the real America so that we can all get our Oscars. Like I just feel like mm-hmm. from the jump, this was a cynical. Thing. And people have said that about the book too. That it's a bit of a cynical book. I I, I just mm. didn't think it was a very well done book. I don't I don't think sure. I didn't find anything malicious about it. But um, but yeah, the movie is to me very like I mean especially Amy Adams. Like I was saying, it's like she's been nominated six times. She's tired of it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting her Oscar yeah, uh, through. She's gonna win a Razzie this yeah. year though, and so. so uh, the, I get you know you lean into the look and the wig and the and the vibe, but but man, that script better be better than this. And that and the project for me, it doesn't matter if you know David Fincher's making this. If that's the script, it's gonna suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what it reminded me of. I mean, it's not offensive to that to the point of that, but it it has the tone deafness of Billy Lynn. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's some Billy Lynn to this for sure. For yeah, sure. no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, needed more Steve Martin, though. <laughs> Steve Martin as Jerry Jones, though. That's what we needed more of in this. Man. I've been saying it for film. years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, another question about this. How did this cost $45 million? It should have cost four. Yeah. yeah. I hope Glenn Close <laughs> got 43 of that. Yeah, totally. Cool. Totally. Yeah. That's good. I, mean, I, don't, I mean, you got to pay Ron Howard, I guess. Um, but this should have cost between four and ten million. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing in the script that that requires big sets or CGI. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah, I don't understand that. But hey, yeah, it's, and it's we, not. It's, and it's not like the bulk of it takes place in the '70s. I mean, it's like right. the early 2000s. You can figure out how to how to stage three old cars in the background and make you know mm-hmm. make stuff look. Uh, yeah, it was it was a. That's an odd. That's an odd cost for something like this. Very weird. Very weird. So, what do we think this has potentially in terms of awards? Do we think, oh, man. despite the script, given that this year has been so bad, that um, maybe Amy or, or Glenn Close will will do anything with this? I think they have potential to get some recognition because they do kind of rise above the material as bad as the material is. I don't think this has any shot in any other categories, though. Besides no, those it's two, ter- it's not. They good. might be it's really bad. Might be compete. I guess it would be Amy Adams as as actress and Glenn Close as supporting. So it's yeah. probably 
That's what will happen. You, you could talk me into Glenn Close as like supporting actor on the Globes or something, you know, that's all uh, name based pretty much. But I just, I can't, I can't imagine the, I mean, even, in, maybe I shouldn't say that because this year is just so wheels off. I don't even know what, what we're looking at and no one else does either. But I, I don't know. I can't imagine a movie this bad getting recognition outside of like, the technical categories, you know, like where Suicide Squad is an Oscar winner because mm-hmm. of FX, I mean, SFX or whatever, or, or VFX. Yeah, like this gets an editing award or something. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. I mean, there's just nothing, there's nothing positive to really to take from this movie. Again, I thought Glenn Close was pretty good. There were a couple, I mean, like Frida Pinto is always nice, but she's, you know, she's got a tiny role. It wasn't really adding anything to the movie. And I, and I thought, I thought Vasso was fine, but that's, that, that those things keep it from being like this is an all time bad movie, and instead will just be a top ten worst movie of the year. You know? Yeah, forgettable. But there's a big difference between between those two things, as as we know, um, over the the eight years of doing this thing. But but it, it also it's it's not it's it's very not good, very not good. It makes me wonder. I guess Netflix is in the business of just get people to watch. Mm-hmm. They had to have seen this before they agreed to buy it. I mean. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. But they're creating. Just, they're like, they're, all right, as long yeah. as people click play, who cares? Exactly. Sucks. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it there's it will play. I'm, I'm just, let me look at the. I saw the Rotten Tomato score, but I wonder what the the fan voted. Yeah, I mean, it's 81 percent on the audience score. You know, so mm. those are there's not very many rankings, so or ratings or whatever. So maybe that I would assume that comes down somewhat. But I know that there are. I I would imagine it will find some audience um, within uh, Middle America, and that's you know that's part of the deal for Netflix. They 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 want to win awards, but they also want uh, somebody in in uh, Iowa to keep their Netflix subscription. You know, so right. there's 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 both of those things. I just think this is a misguided movie, and maybe the book was misguided as well, but the movie itself, especially, I think that there are. I think that there are valuable stories to tell from um, Middle America, and they just so Disagree. often get disagree. <laughs> uh, but they just they they so often get um, they're they're off, so often misguided or are done poorly, and this is obviously an example of this both of those things. Why is there an entire scene of like them celebrating Easter, and yeah. you know, like yeah. Who celebrates Easter? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. Just- uh, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty. I mean, the, the scenes themselves, like just from a, is this real? Does this feel real or does it not? Like just the setting? Yeah, sure. I totally get that. I think that that's like the, 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 what she says like, during that scene, which is a terrible scene. I, like, I take that back. People do Easter egg hunts, this. but like they have an Easter Christmas tree. She says, like, get in this house. It's Easter, dadgummit. You know, no, I know like, so who, many who people t- like that. Can't yeah, I know a lot of people like yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah that's that's oh, a pretty yeah. pretty common. Yeah, deal. I did not. I thought it was just like, a, oh yeah, let's uh, hunt some eggs and we're good. Yeah, that. I guess that's. Uh, I mean, go to church, of course, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah I know a lot of people. Verge of a mental Easter, breakdown, like literally happens in this movie sure. <laughs> during the. Sure, I know Easter. a lot of people that that Easter is a bigger deal than Christmas. So oh, wow, it's, I mean, it's 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 a thing. But like there were there were little things like that that I thought they got right and also were right in the book because it's you know it's written from a personal perspective so 
you know, things like her freaking out about the eggs getting broken and she's calling them a family heirloom. And you're like, these are the cheapest, dinkiest eggs. Who cares? But that's, that's real. I mean, that, that's, that is a thing for a lot of people. And there were similar, there were several other things like that that popped out of me of like, okay, see that they got right. They kind of found the right groove on this, but they're tiny details within an overarching story and plot. That's just real, real bad. (laughs) And just the, the dialogue is atrocious. And so it's, it's real tough to, it's tough to focus on those little positives when, when so much of it is just, you know, a river rushing right at you of, of awful for the most part. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I could see that. I mean, I wasn't offended at how bad this was. It was just, Mm. it was just not what it should have been in terms of the expectation and the, um, the, cachet behind this project should have it should have been better with all that all that's involved and it makes mm-hmm. me wonder about ron howard you know we we did talk him up a lot recently on the show about how much we enjoy him and how much we wish he would make more middle america type movies but this makes me wonder if he has lost his ability to know what's good anymore <laughs> quite yeah, frankly I mean, richard's right though you, if you go back and you look at ron howard's resume it's it is it is a wild up and down. I mean, there's very rarely more than a couple of good movies and or a couple of bad movies in a row. It's when just, was the I mean, last good on a bad one? Rush right now. was it? Rush 20, and then whatever years you, ago. Yeah, whatever you want to make of Solo, you know. Um, yeah. And how much of that is him, and how much is what he had to work with? He did some cetera, like, great so. documentaries, though. That Beatles doc. He does was great awesome. documentaries. Yeah, he's he's a great documentary filmmaker, and maybe that's the the future for him. But but he also has one, two, three, four, five, six things that are in production right now. You wow! Know? So it's beautiful or, or minds, great. Apollo thirteen obviously is great. Mm-hmm. Far and away, it was pretty good in its time. Backdraft was great. Parenthood, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gung Ho. Uh, nah, not for me. My mom sure. used to make me watch Gung Ho all the time. So <laughs> obviously, Splash, Night Chef, Shift. I watched because, Ransom like a couple of weeks ago. Actually, oh, it holds up. Yeah, Ransom. I don't know if that's a good movie, but I love that movie. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> fits into my vibe. kind of that sure. Taken sort of uh, mm-hmm. thing. I do. Yeah, it's time. But yeah, I mean, he, well, yeah. he may have one or two. He's he's. Because he's been famous for a million, it's like it's the Drew Barrymore thing. Because right. he's been famous since he was two, mm-hmm. you assume he's eighty, and he's sixty-six. So he may have right. two, three great movies still in him. You know, he's not, mm-hmm. he's not like where you go, ah, you know, he's eighty-three. You know, he he, he was directing a chair for a while, right, or something. It's it's, uh, and he thought it was an actor or anything like that. So I, he's still got some, right, you know. He probably has 15 more years of making movies in him, and by his math, you know, he might have two more good ones. So I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. out on Ron yet, but I, I don't, I won't rush to see anything after the last sure. couple. Well, and he's, yeah, you're totally right. He's, he's also, he's one of the, the big power producers in Hollywood. Him and, and mm-hmm. Brian Grazman or whatever they, they Gra- make. Grazer. What did I say? Grazman? Sorry, Grazer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, I mean, that's a, he's got tons of producing credit. So he'll always get more chances because, Mm-hmm. You you know you 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 kind of want to be in the the Ron Howard business. Yeah, he did Cowboys and Aliens. I mean, how can you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you know that that will uh, allow yeah, him the Dark to, Tower. to have lots of shots at it for sure. <laughs> Dark Tower and uh, the Alamo, you know, two uh, huge successes. Hey, I love that he's an uncredited producer on American Made. <laughs> like, how are you an uncredited producer? How does that work? 
That's a weird. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get a, in an acting performance, like, sure. eh, it's fine, but that's okay. I think it's just yeah. like you don't officially sign on, so they don't have to pay you scale. So maybe yeah. you're just a consultant or yeah. whatever. It's I don't know. Weird that would ever make its way into his filmography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. All right, uh, let's grade this one out. So I'm going to give Hillbilly Elegy 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 a C minus. Oh, okay. Not offensively bad, but but not yeah. great. Not great at all. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Maybe. Uh, oh Lord. Maybe someday, but not anytime <laughs> soon. So yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, uh, C minus for me. I'll go. I'm going to give Hillbilly Elena Bergeron a <laughs> D minus. Not quite yeah. an F because yeah. it's just Glenn Close is in it, man. I love her. But yeah, barely not an F. I'm going to go D minus. And mostly, I will say too, if it would definitely be an F if I had, if I had, had to leave my house and pet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And sit and it's like part of your day, sure. you know? Mm. I watched this. And I think because you guys know I'm insane. I think at five fifty one a.m. is when I turn this on. <laughs> you know, at my house. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm I watched it at about two twenty five. Yeah, Brian so and I. Have, it's like, amazing we're friends because we have completely opposite. We have about four hours where we're awake uh-huh. together during the day. Um, but yeah, so we make them count though. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> four hours of pleasure. Um, so yeah, it's a real sting situation. So yeah, so it was. You know, that's what rose it because I didn't have to like get in my car and mm-hmm. be mad driving home. That. Yeah. that was two hours of my day. What about you, Brian? Uh, I'm not gonna give it an F. I mean, I, I definitely have seen five or six movies worse this year. So uh, I, I thought you were gonna say period. I was like, well, then that's an F. <laughs> you can only think of six. <laughs> my top ten's also my bottom ten, guys. Because uh, I only saw nine movies. Yeah, I'll go. I'll just go with a straight D. All right. Bad, very bad. I would be. Very surprised if it wasn't in you know the ten worst of the year for me at the end of this, but it's not going to make uh, worst of the. It's unlikely, I would say, to make worst of the decade lists uh, in twenty thirty or whatever. So also, if we I still have a world in twenty thirty. I so. conflated my joke. I meant to do Elena Deladon, and I did the assistant <laughs> sports editor of the New York Times, Elena Bergeron. So apologies to them both. <laughs> Would have been a funnier joke with Elena Hillbilly Elena Deladon, but what are you going to do? Hillbilly. We do the show live. Also, Elgort. Yeah, Hillbilly Hillbilly Elgort. There's your sequel. There it is. Starring one of those other people. There's no way Mm -hmm. to know. All right. There you go. That's Ron Howard's Hillbilly Elegy Elegy. Streaming now on the Netflix. And maybe it'll come up later in the year if there's any kind of list episode happening, awards episode happening. I feel confident it will be in it. In, All right. a, in a list or two. Yeah. Well, if you like hillbilly talk from us, we got more <laughs> of that coming for you in the VIP because we're ah. digging into the Cohen brothers. Mm. Oh, brother, where art thou? Which is mm. celebrating 20 years this year. And we will be digging into Spoiler that in the alert, VIP. Better than hillbilly elegy. Just, just gonna well, we'll get, get my thoughts on that when we get the, to the uh, to the episode. Uh, so yeah, if you want more episodes from us, check out our VIP club, uh, links on our website or madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP to sign up, get more from us there. We're going to hit an AMA before the year ends. We're also going to wrap up Seinfeld 
and look to 2021 where we've got a bunch of fun fun things to announce that are happening in the vip and beyond so stay with us thank you for listening hopefully we'll see you soon at the sound hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegged but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Yeah, yeah.